Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Rooted Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Panetta. We are in our studio downtown in Salem, Oregon, and we have another great one lined up today. I'm excited to introduce our guest. But before I do, I always like to give a spiel of what we are doing and why we're doing it. Our podcast is really an an outgrowth of Leadership Institute that we started a number of years ago. And our goal there was to raise the tide of leadership in our community. We have a strong belief that if we have strong leaders in our community, then all boats raise in the harbor, meaning that outcomes across the board can get better and better. And this is really a, a going slow to go fast approach. We we know that it's going to take time to develop and, and grow leaders that can speak the same language, that all have something in common. And we have, end of this year, we're going to have around 60 60 or so alumni, but we know in years to come, we're just going to have more and more. So it's an exciting venture that we're on. Our vision is to be a catalyst for transformational change, and we feel that leadership is such an important piece of that. So with that, I'll introduce our guest. Our guest today is Kevin Cameron. So Kevin, I'll let you introduce yourself in a second, but I'll just share how we know you here. Kevin is a participant in our institute this year. But before that, Kevin and I were knew each other and we were friends. He was one of the first people that I actually met when I came to Salem. I met him before I moved here when we first started our Outward Mindset work here and got to work on a number of things with him in that arena. But I've uh, been wanting, you know, we've been having ground, Groundwork's been existing for, it's it's been around for, you know, not not too long, three, four years. It's been great to finally get Kevin in, in a cohort this year. He's an amazing leader, been leading for a long time, so it's not like he was a uh, uh, a uh, leader that was really needing some sort of leadership development. He's so humble, he'll tell you that he'll he's always a need for development, but, but he's an experienced leader, so it's really a, a treat to have him. It's been a treat to have him in our in our cohort all year. I know you've contributed a great deal. This year's group is so close. They've grown close together. So uh Kevin, I didn't even mention anything that you do. So you go and go ahead and share, you know, what you do and what your background is. You've been in in the private and public sector, you, I mean, you have a breadth of experience. You've traveled the country in a Volkswagen van. I mean, you have such a cool story. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, thank you, Chris. It's great to be here with you. And uh, you, you said uh, maybe I wasn't in need of leadership. That depends on who you ask, right? You know, we all can we all can do a little better every day. So, well, yeah, you, you just mentioned a little bit about my background. Currently, I serve as a Marion County Commissioner. Just was elected to another four-year term. We'll be sworn in January 3rd for that that four-year term. I served nine and a half years in the legislature. At the same time, operating my business called Cafe Today, which basically is a hospitality management company. And we had 25 restaurants throughout the state at over the last 27 years, serving business and, and industry. And uh, prior to that, I worked here in town for Vips Industries. They own the Grand Hotel. And right. at that time, they had lots of restaurants around and been in the private sector, helped, helped a lot of people make some money and lost some money for people. And so having that balance of private sector business experience, as well as some in politics, you know, I, I guess I've been doing this for what, 18 years now. So I guess I have to say I'm a politician, right? Some, <laughs> I don't think of myself as being that. But and been here in Salem in this in the Salem community since 1988. Graduated from Oregon State in the class class of '80. Moved around the country a little bit, and then came back here in, in 1988. So yeah, it's great being in Salem. Love the work that you and Mountain West are doing with this Leadership Institute. And it's good to be with you today. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for that intro of uh, your background and, and what you do. And I did mention briefly the 
you know, the, the trip around the state. Trip, so you got to give a oh, quick okay. spiel yeah, on yeah, that, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was 21 years old, <laughs> me and a buddy that I, you know, lifetime friend, his dad and my dad played baseball together. So Dave Walner and I went around the United States in a Volkswagen van. I'm going to say it said these three words on the back of it. I think I said that in class you and did. everybody laughed about it. So I don't know if I want to put that on the podcast, but... <laughs> Anyways, nobody rides for free. You know, yeah. it, I, I always say that would be my bumper sticker if I ever ran for governor in downtown Portland, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a great experience. 13,000 miles, six weeks. It's amazing. We each took $600 with us back and we came back with some cash in our pocket too. So, yeah. yeah not, not a lot yeah. of people can say they've done that. That's and, pretty you know, cool. I encourage people when they're young to do it because it's awful hard to break away for you know a couple months and do something like that later yeah cam there's still time yeah our camera guy's in the room still time cam yeah cross-country trip yeah yeah that's that sounds like a blast and again not a lot of people can say they've done something like that so yeah it's pretty pretty awesome and you've shared that's... stories about the the van breaking down and oh yeah, to yeah. Fix it and yeah, the starter went out like the first week and we pushed started the thing the whole way around we yeah. always parked it on a hill yeah it's oh things like um you know we get all the way to florida and it kept missing and i go out and check the spark plugs and i just got jolted with one and i said to dave didn't you because we rebuilt the engine before we left yeah. and he was supposed to go get new spark plug cables and he didn't do it he just put the old ones back on and we went all the way from southern california to florida with this That's thing crazy. acting up and finally just replace the cable. Did, did you ever not park on a hill and the others had to get out and push you to get yeah. the clutch start? Oh yeah, you know, you both <laughs> we both push one guy jump in and jump inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've had to do that. I too. wish I had that van today. That would uh, that, that would be a cool thing to have. Oh yeah, yeah. those are worth a lot of money. Yeah, though. we could probably do a whole episode on lessons learned in your cross country mm. trip. Oh, yeah, to yeah. be honest, you should we write could. a book on it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you could. I have, don't know. I. I'd have to have a, what do you call it, a phantom as a, the author? Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff uh, that needs to be in Ghost there. writer. Yeah, ghost writer. Yeah, ghost yeah, writer. Wouldn't have my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a great yeah, book. Yeah. That would yeah. be a great book. Well, Kevin, again, it's a joy having having you in here. I have a lot of respect for you. I know I know that you know that. And I did before you were ever part of Groundwork, and it's so much more yeah. after. You've just been a tremendous asset to to everything that we're trying to do. And I know that you believe in our in yeah. our vision of the changes that can can happen in our community when we come together. Yeah. So, but let's dive in a little bit and and you know, for anybody listening, what what we're going to get into is is really one of the key lessons that that Kevin learned from from the institute which we're talking about offline, which was having purpose and and kind of living and leading with why. But before we dig into that, I mean, what are just some of the highlights from the year? Yeah, you know, Chris, thinking right back to the retreat, all the way back to the retreat, was that January? Yeah. Yeah, January, almost a year ago now. And I remember, I think I said to you, this is hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, You remember me saying that? And we were trying to do a a growth, personal growth plan. And I go, this is really hard stuff. And, And I think what's really important is, you know, in a year now, and I always say this, what 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 nugget can you pull away or a couple of nuggets can you pull away, right? And I think that personal growth plan helped me get started with a couple of relationships that I really wanted to work mm-hmm. on, including my own, yeah. right, always. And to to think about that, it was hard, you know, the way it was laid out in the book to to be able to do it and understanding the concept of the soil and the weeds and the fruit, you know, yeah. and, and the seeds. And But boils right down to me for the one 
thing, the, the one big thing that I really clicked in this class for me in, the, in this leadership development was my why. Yeah. What was my purpose? And I think throughout life, I, I've identified that in the situations that I've been in, obviously as a father, as a husband, you know, what's my why in those situations? But in my, in my career today, this class really helped me focus in on what is my why. And, and it is about helping other people be the best they can be. Yeah. And, and I, I've known that, but I forget it sometimes. Yeah. And, and the tools that were in the class really helped me identify where I'm at with that mm -hmm. in situations. So, I mean, really, really important to look in the mirror and go, why am I here? Yeah. Right. And that, that was something that really stuck with me. And I, I will continue to use that not only for my own benefit to be a better leader, but also those that, that I come in contact with. It's a great thing to know. Yeah. The last, I mean, our last session, beginning of the month, we talked a lot about purpose. And I think I shared, you know, the two most important days of our life is the day we're born and the day we find out why. Right. You know, and it seems like that that always is changing mm -hmm. as life changes. Sure. You know, we continue to find out more and and more deeply why we were why we were born, right? What our purpose is in in this world. So, you know, in the retreat, because you mentioned the retreat, the first day we get right into that. I mean, we have people actually identify their why in fifteen to twenty words or less. And we kind of go through one of our tools. We call it the why funnel that help help folks Again, a lot of people already have a why, but this, so this is just a, a, a way to refine it. Some some don't. Some don't have the the they can't on the spot tell you in fifteen words or or so what their why is. So we have everybody write that out. And if you remember, Kim said, "Let's all share." And I thought it was a really cool moment when right. everybody shared. Yeah. So right. walk us kind of through that moment. Well, I, I think. Well, I remember. Was it Anthony? I think Anthony said something about. You know, this will this will be great fifty years from now. And I yeah. said, Yeah, I won't be alive, right? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that that th that moment in that class was a really great bonding moment because mm -hmm. people were were sharing at a level that I mean, first day or second day, whatever it was, mm -hmm. at a level that you don't really get to share in most situations. It was a very safe environment, and to be able to maybe. There was people in that class that were still struggling with what their why was, but yeah. they could see that everybody else was vulnerable as well. So I, I think that that was a stepping stone towards having a great year, being able to do that and sharing that right there up front. Yeah. And we had, you know, one of, I won't, I won't say who, but I think I was just sharing this in a previous episode or maybe another meeting or conversation I was in, but somebody from this year and your group, they shared their why at, at the retreat. And it was really good, great one. It got a lot of kind of the, oh, that's great after, you know, and, and it was just a well-written sort of statement, but it was, it was kind of focused on the individual and, and that's fine, right? It was focused kind of on, on them. And a couple of months later, maybe three, four months later, we had this individual on an episode and I can't remember if we were talking about it actually in when we were recording or if it was before we started recording, but they basically shared how they totally, their why has totally changed that, that it wasn't big enough before, that it was all about them at the mm -hmm. beginning and that after what they had gone through, and this was only a couple months into the, the whole program, they realized my why can be, is so much bigger than this, you know, 
it's too narrow, it's too small. Just thinking, I'm thinking too too narrowly about myself and my life. It can be so much bigger than me. And I thought that was a really cool, cool that, moment for them to make that realization. That's kind of like the Covey Steve Young moment, right? Do you want? Yeah. Do you, do do you want to see how good you can get? Do you want to see how good you can get? Yeah. And you know, I think I think of life and my life, right? I I can. I can still visualize like my first office I had and the goals that I had written up there. It was about making money. It was mm-hmm. about, you know, it was about the car that I wanted to drive. It was about all that stuff, right? And now it's it's not. It's about relationships. It's about how do I, how do I strengthen this relationship with this person or this mm-hmm. individual or this group? And I think that that's really an example of your why. <laughs> identifying what your why is and not being transactional, right? Because those goals that I had before, those were transactional. How do I get there, right? And who do I need to to get to know to to get to that goal? And it was about me, right? Yeah. Those are those are those types of goals. So Yeah, the difference between and it's not to say that those things are are bad, right? Right. But it does beg the question of are excuse me, are the whys our whys or our purpose that we have are they transactional or transformational? And there's a difference between a transformational why and a and a transactional one. And I think that that's, that's an, an important thing that all of us need to 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 face. Right. And it's it's interesting. I've you're not the first person that I've met that has found you know success financially, you know, and career wise, but has kind of come back to this sort of why that's like you said earlier, to help other people become the best that they can be. That that has nothing to do with the money or, or, or things of that nature. You're not the first person that I've heard kind of share the same sentiment. And there's there's some deep truth there. Sure. Right. Doesn't mean that those other things are 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 bad to go after, but there's there's a truth there that if 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 those that have accomplished and achieved those things keep coming back to this sort of deeper, more transformational why that that's something we ought to be paying attention to. And I find that to be to be very enlightening. Yeah, because that's what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so follow-up question to, to that. And feel free, as you're answering any of these questions, to, to point out any, any other highlights from, from the year that might contribute to the conversation. But I was, you know, curious kind of theoretically of why, it, you know, here we are talking about why and purpose, which can sound very sort of, theoretical and and fluffy almost. Mm-hmm. So tell tell us why that is so important as a leader because you like you said you've had experience in the public sector, the the private sector, it, you know, you've had a ton of experience. Why is it so important to have a purpose, a deeper purpose like that to to leadership? I mean, why why does it matter? Well, it, it, for me, it this is what happened this year. I mean, it's like I been working with a group and I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about how I've applied this in another situation, right? Yeah. First off, and it was in the relationships that I was probably think thought I was struggling with is because I was inward. I was mm-hmm. thinking about me and not yeah. about them and going deeper with those people. And then, and then there was a group that I've been meeting with for the last, well, COVID, so the last two and a half years, a group that I've been meeting with on a regular basis. It's usually via some media, you know, whether it's the phone yeah. or, or Zoom or whatever. And I, I, I just, I had this vision of us um, going deeper into yeah. our relationship and being a part of the county, you know, in a way that I just couldn't get there. We, the group wasn't going there. So I just kind of 
stood back and said, okay, what, what is, what is going on here? Because I really don't know these people. Yeah. I really didn't know them individually. I knew them as a group and they're comfortable as a group. And, and yet when I would ask them to come into a, another group, like an advisory group there, there was hesitation. So I said, oh, wait, I'm going to stop this direction we're heading and I'm going to go out and start meeting with these people individually. And, and my why is, you know, as I go and meet with them, I'm really finding out who they are yeah. and what is important to them. And, you know, what is their organizational goals and what is their personal, why are they doing what they're doing? If they're an executive director of a, another, say a minority organization, why are mm -hmm. you doing this? What, what's, what's your ultimate? Yeah. And, and through two of those meetings so far, it's amazing how our relationship has opened up and, you know, we're talking more about various things, not just COVID, not just the shots, mm -hmm. not just the, the testing that we were working on together, but now we're talking about what are they really working on in some of their communities. And I'm excited about that. It's, yeah. but it is, it, and you mentioned this, I think at the beginning, I don't know, it was on the podcast or just offline, but you know, go slow to go fast. Yeah. And, and we've been meeting for two years. And yet I've just started individually meeting with them in the yeah. last three months, right? And those relationships will pay dividends yeah. down the road. There's a mutual respect. There's a mutual understanding of what their needs are, what my needs are. And I'm, I'm excited about that. And even two people from our, from our cohort mm -hmm. in Groundwork have reached out and said, hey, I'd just like to meet with you one-on-one yeah. on one and just go deeper. And so I think that's been, what comes out of that? I don't know. And, and again, I, I I think that just having those relationships and letting letting them go where they're supposed to go, not trying to force something, is really important. And then that way we can work on things together that we decide we need to work on together, whether that's at the county or whether that's outside what we do. So I, yeah, I, I think, and you, you mentioned having those having those written goals that I had when I was younger. Those things happened as a result of me sharing everything that in, in the restaurant business that I had. I used to tell my managers, I will teach you everything I know. Why? Because you can be the best, you know, how do you become, how do you become the best dishwasher, yeah. right? Because if you're the best dishwasher and you're in our operation, we're going to all be better. It's like you were talking about, you know, high tide rises, all boats. And yet when you have a leader who says, oh, no, I'm the best dishwasher. Yeah. Right. And nobody could be, ever yeah. be better than uh -huh. me. He's going to just hold that whole team back. And so those kinds of, of leadership principles are really important of, of getting to know whether it's the dishwasher or the banker or mm -hmm. whoever it is. What is what is it that's important to them? So this is a question. A few questions came to mind. I'll start with since it, what you were just mentioning of just kind of using the the restaurant, you know, your your restaurant food business, what, what do I call it? The restaurant industry, yeah, the, sure. your past. Back then, you know, think back 20 plus years ago, it sounds rhetorical to ask if you had a why, because I know you did. But what I mean by asking, did you have a why? Could you define it the way you define it now? Um, was it something that you could, you know, if I were to ask you, say, you know, Kevin, what's your why? Could you state it, you know, really clearly back, back 20, 30 years ago? Probably not like today. I think I shared this with you. I took a Dale Carnegie class, though. Yeah, I remember. Back that. when I was 20, must have been 25, 24, 25 mm -hmm. years old. 
and I'm watching 40 people. I think there was 40 people in that class. There was a guy in the class who couldn't even introduce himself at the beginning. He was so scared. His wife had to introduce him, right? By the wow. end of the class, he brought a guitar and played a song that he had recorded with the class. And when I was in that, every week I was going, how come I'm not getting any of these awards? Yeah. You know, most inspirational or most improved. And it dawned on me, and I had an assistant manager at that time, Paul, I'll never forget this, that I just thought he was kind of crap, right? He wasn't very good at his job. That's what my mindset was, right? Yeah. And I'll never forget that, hey, what if I applied some of these principles in my relationship with Paul, right? Yeah. And those, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, push on all those things that they taught us in that class today. But, I mean, Paul and my relationship ended up, he gets promoted, he ends up becoming a general manager of yeah. a restaurant. But it was then where I realized, wait a minute. It's what, what I thought he was is what I was making him mm. instead of who he really was and yeah. who could he be, right? So, so I think way back then it started and then the technical skills that I learned along the way as I worked for other people and always looked at my boss as an authoritative person or yeah. authority and what can I learn from that person as well as applying my soft or my leadership skills mm. in, the, in the places that I was. So... I don't think I could define it quite like I do today. Um, but again, I think I've, I think it's changed. You know, I, I have a, a deep religious mm -hmm. thought of, you know, who my role model is and, and Jesus has always been a part of my life in yeah. that way and how he treated other people. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just, and you know, whether it's somebody over here that you think doesn't deserve to be treated that yeah. way. So I, I think all throughout my life, there's been moments that have helped me, you know, to, to understand where I'm at today. But none of them can you look back and go, oh, I wish, wish that wouldn't have happened. I think they're all learning moments. Yeah, they all contribute. Yeah. So another question, kind of thinking back to you explaining this group that you've been working with the last couple of years in the community, a question came to mind when you were sharing that of... Can, you know, when you have a, a why, and, and again, just for anybody listening, when we, we're using this term why really loosely, but, but it's having a, you know, a purpose that you can actually state. It's like a vision for your life is what, what we're referring to as a, as a why. And I always share anytime that I talk about having purpose or why that organizations have it, you know, all the companies, any organization in any sector has a vision statement. And they go through a lot of effort to make it. It's another story if they all actually live it, but all of them actually make go through the effort of creating a vision, mission, values, etc. And we ought to do the same for our own life is kind of my argument. I think that, that we should be doing the same thing. So that's what we mean by, by using the term why. We're talking about kind of this vision statement for our life. So back to kind of this third-party group, I beg the question that I had of does having a why, you know, this sort of purpose that you live by, does it make everything that happens more intentional, you know, having a why, does it bring more purpose to why certain things happen? Because we talk about in the Institute, as you know, even the suffering and the challenges that we face can actually become catalysts and learning moments. You just mentioned everything's right. a learning moment. So does having why help us see everything with purpose, everything that happens to us? What do you think about that? Well, I, I think it, it, it does help, right? But, but in that group, let's use that group, for example, I don't, I don't know that when I first started meeting with them, it was about my why. Although 
the reason, the purpose we were meeting was to making sure that certain people were getting vaccines mm -hmm. and certain people were getting tested, et cetera. So, you know, it's part of my job yeah. to, you know, get services to the community. Yeah. But, it, but it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't deep. It was, it, I mean, it was, it was just a, it was transactional. Surface, it, yeah, exactly. As we say in the institute. Right. How do we get from A to B, right? And mm -hmm. let's, you're, you're here, I'm there, and can we help each other do that, right? So, the, the, but the why, but, but when I started saying, okay, when I hit the wall, when I said, okay, we're not, we're not building relationships here. I re, re, when I recognized that, Chris, mm -hmm. that's when I said, well, the reason is, is because there's a group out here and a spear and I don't know any of them yeah. like I should in, in the way that I know that I could. And, and I think that's the challenge though, is you can, you can only have so many deep relationships, right? I oh, mean, yeah. you, you, mm -hmm. you can't, you can't meet the guy on the street corner and get to know him yeah. in an hour. So when I when I said, "Hey, this is going to," I'm going to change directions here and go deeper. It's making a difference in how I see them, and probably how they see me as well. And so that, you know, I forget what the question was, but that that really is. I think the question was: does, knowing your why, knowing your mission, your vision. Does it always make things clearer? I, I think it's a constant focus, yeah. you know, bringing it into focus because your life is busy. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of responsibilities. You know, you know, as a county commissioner, we have 15 department heads. Yeah. Do I know them all? No. You know, turnover. Uh, like I would like to. There's a few that I have very good relationships with. One, I give them a lot of crap in the class. Yeah. Troy, right? <laughs> Tamara's in there, right? Yeah. Our, you know, other people that are in our organization, I have those kinds of relationships with that are pretty healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great, great answer to the question of does having why bring sort of intentionality and purpose to everything that, that we encounter? Because, and you said this earlier, just talking about, you know, your, your past and the things that happened to you that it's hard to say you'd want to change anything because it happened for a reason. Yeah. I've seen in my own life, but in, in others as well, that have a lot more experience than I do, that when someone lives with a, a purpose, a vision for their life, that even the challenges and the the curveballs, the headaches, the things that in the moment you wish they would just go away, that those all end up having purpose to them. Yep. You know, they have a reason for for, for occurring versus if we're living sort of a transactional life or a life on the surface, as we talk about in groundwork, you know, surface versus deep, those things just become things we wish never happened. And we yeah. resent them. We, you know, we try to erase them from our, from our past, you know, instead of allowing them to be kind of defining moments, even though they might be very, very challenging. Yeah. It's easy to walk away. I mean, in this situation that I'm referring to, it would be easy to say, oh, you know what, it, I'm just, we're done. Yeah. I just walk away, I'll go someplace else. And and so I think that's the that's the living with purpose, you know, mm. of saying no, but you have to ask that question. Is yeah. this something I walk away from? Is this something that I mm -hmm. continue to do? And I, I know one of the leadership classes I took, you know, years ago, it was probably 20, close to 20 years ago, I came away with a concept that's called plan neglect. What am I going to plan not to do? Because I can't do it all. Yeah. And and so that's those are tough mm -hmm. decisions when you're especially in you're in a 
position where you have a lot of people pulling on you or wanting something from you. And so you have to be able to say no. You have to be able to say, no, that's not, that's not my, that's not my mission. That's not my vision. Yeah. And be able and explain it to people, be able to explain it. Yeah. It's not aligned with what I feel like I, I need to do. Yeah. So in that case that I was talking about, you know, I could have, I could have said, okay, I'm done here. I've done, I've, I've served my transactional purpose. Yeah. You know, we got through the, the COVID through the emergency, you know, the pandemic with this, but I chose not to because I recognize the value in that relationship, in those relationships and helping. I, I know that there's individuals there that need some things that I could probably find them resources for. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, or, you know, earlier that your why, you know, impacted not just certain things you're doing for your work, different relationships that you had as well. I think that um, having having our why, a, a deeper purpose, it causes us to do the exact thing that you, you said is to ask, you know, you didn't say this, but is, is it worth it? You know, right. should I walk away? And I would ask anybody that's listening right now, do you have, you know, how many of us right now in our life have certain relationships or elements of our work that we just want to walk away from, but for whatever reason we can't and, and it's there, you know, a relationship that's maybe gone sour, whether it's personal, professional, and our why will always keep us engaged. And then we talked about this in our last session, that evidence of somebody who doesn't have kind of deep purpose is they make excuses or, you know, they, they always have some sort of justification or reason for not doing something or, or what have you. And, and I find, I find that in my own self, in my own life, in myself. And, and I always have to ask myself in those, in those moments, Chris, is your, are are you living your purpose right now? Because you're complaining about a lot of things. And if you, if you had your, if you were thinking of your purpose front of mind, this would have a, this would all have a reason. There would be a reason behind all of these things happening. And I think that's a beautiful thing in living with purpose is you can find kind of the you know, the diamond in the rough. I mean, right. just before recording, we we're talking about this book I have on my desk of Victor Frankl. I mean, that's his whole philosophy is even in suffering, can you find meaning? And I think that's just a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. And I, I think you just, you were just talking about something. If you're in a relationship that you can't walk away from, yeah. right? I mean, that's where, that's where you you have to dig deep and go, okay, what is my why? And that's, there, there's another at the beginning of the year, that's, I had a couple of relationships that that was what I was working on mm-hmm. and I couldn't walk away from them. I mean, well, I guess you could always do it, but in my, in my career, you just don't walk away from what you're doing. Right. I mean, yeah. I could, but I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to stay there, am I going to turn that suffering or that what I thought I was suffering, yeah. turn it around and am I going to turn my chair first? Yeah. Right. And that's well, one of the principles. Well, that, the walking away could just be mental. Right. right. You might physically not be able to leave, right. but mentally you can just check out. Right. Yeah. And just sit there. Yeah. yeah. And I've done that. Yeah. Well, I'm not proud too. of that. <laughs> me too. I'm proud of that. <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah. Until until you look in the mirror and say, well, is this really, is this really your mission? Is this really what you're supposed to do is just sit there? Yeah. No, not for me. All right. Yeah. And I think yeah. all of us have, have done yeah. that many times where yeah. we've just, we might physically be there, but mentally we're not. And certainly not emotionally. We're just not engaged. And it and it strictly becomes a transaction. Yeah, I show up, I do this, and then I leave, and that's you know that's a sad way to 
squander potential, you know? I mean, that's a sad way to, and again, speaking from my own experience, to just kind of flush away an opportunity to to become better. Because every day we're gifted with opportunities to continue to improve, and each day is a gift. And a lot of times, speaking from, from my own life, I sit there and I don't take full advantage of the opportunity in front of me. And that's a, that's a sad thing that I think far too many of us do too often. Yeah. So I, I love that that you're sitting before us, you know, so many years of experience and different leadership capacities, just sort of beating the same drum that the, our purpose and our why never gets old. It's always going to be relevant. doesn't matter, you know, if we're 20, if we're 40, if we're 70, if we're whatever at point we're at in life, it's never going to, never going to get old. Yeah. I, and I think if you've got that solid why, that solid purpose, there may be tools, there may be things that you learn along the way that are different that you didn't know 20 years ago, your patience, whatever, your listening skills. I mean, there's things that you can work on to, to help you achieve that. And I think that's, I would say, groundwork. You know, just every class, there was something there that said, oh, wait, is this, am I doing this? You know, whether no. it was something we read or something you shared, and is it helping me with uh, making sure I'm I'm applying my mission and, and focused on that. And, and so I think that's one thing about the groundwork. And I love the fact that it's a year long. It's once a month. Yeah. It's not a one day or a two day. And by the way, we just did the one day outward mindset last week and it was great. Oh, the living, was, yeah, the living with an outward yeah, mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the year-long process is intentional. It's mm -hmm. it's a bit exhausting, and it's supposed to be, right? It's it's a commitment. Yeah, I, it's a commitment. I remember asking you, I said, 4th of July weekend or Friday before or whatever it was, and you said, yep, and I'm there. Yeah, oh, you, I, yeah you were 100% I was attendance. a 100%er, man. 100%er, yeah. 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 It's a uh, commitment. Yeah, and, you know, banquet is in two weeks from this Thursday, yeah. so, yeah, yeah that, that time commitment is... Is, uh, is very intentional, big deal, because it is supposed to be exhausting. It's supposed to, to, to really push, push people. And there, there comes a point where you kind of get, you have to move past the transaction where it, it requires mental effort and emotional effort to keep it as a transaction. It, if there's a leader, let's say, that is just trying to avoid the, you know, they're showing up physically, but they're not really there mentally. I feel like after a few months, you just have to give into it and just right. say, I'm here and I'm ready and I'm vulnerable, right? Which is part of the power there because so many of us show up ready to go through transaction, but we know there's an end date that we can endure to. But a year long, that's a, that's a, long, that's a long time. It's a long time in our, in our world that's fast moving right now and we get things so quickly, you know, at the tip of our fingers. So I think that, that that's definitely an intentional element on our part. Another question, just kind of going back to transaction and transformation, I wrote this question down, and I don't have an answer to it. I'm just curious of your thoughts. And when we're talking about goals being measured and, and things that we're trying to to accomplish, I had this thought come to mind. Is it, you know, is it that transactional goals, because we talked about that, you know, a few minutes ago, transactional goals versus transformational ones. Is it that transactional goals are more measurable? They're easier to see, which is why maybe they're easier to set where transformational ones are easy to, to see, they're not measurable, which is why maybe they're harder to stay committed to. I mean, do you think there's, there's any sort of logic there in my thinking about 
measurable, no, I, non-measurable versus and transactional no, transformation. I, I think you're onto something there. I mean, when you when you say I'm going to do X by X, X by Y, I'm going to I'm going to do this by this date, right? That's that's pretty measurable, right? You either did it or you didn't do it, or you did ninety percent of it, or you did eighty percent, so you can measure it. But when I think about these relationships I was just talking about, and I'm meeting with people one on one, what's the goal? What's the what's the end date? Yeah. What's the there is not. There isn't one. It's it's a life, mm. you know, it's it's a lifelong process. Yeah. Now, I mean, I may have an end date, like you said, December, okay, our class is gone. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm excited about next year because mm-hmm. there's gonna be new people that I get to interact with and some of those classmates. But what is what is I mean, I still have to have a transactional goal. I still have to have some objectives I'm looking for. But when you even even when you look at the county and you start, how do you measure, you know, great customer service? How do you how do you know how that person feels when they how do you know how that person feels when they walk out the door, right? You really don't, right? I mean you can take surveys and you can do all that stuff, but you so you still have to have things that you right up on your blackboard, your mm-hmm. whiteboard there that say we're going to accomplish this by then. But those relationships that are that are transforming me as I yeah. have those relationships, I'm transformed. That person hopefully is transformed mm-hmm. in that relationship. No, other than maybe we hug now instead of shake hands. I don't know, <laughs> right? I, you know, that that they say good things about your organization or about you that's some of those some of those things matter and but hard to measure yeah and you know i've been on this constant sort of train of thought for the last year we're doing some revisions to our curriculum and it really got me thinking on this and this is going to sound kind of nerdy and probably you know too deep of a conversation to get into but uh, i'm curious on your thoughts you know, we talk about this idea of surface-minded and deep-minded in groundwork. You know, when we're surface-minded, we we only care about, you know, the fruit, the outcome, the results. We care when we see weeds, you know, conflict, we just try to weed whack at the top with the seeds that we plant. We're only, we only care about kind of what they grow into and we avoid the soil altogether. So deep-minded causes to look at all of those things above, but now we're looking at rooting in our seeds, making sure that our soil, which is, you know, our people and our culture is strong to sustain it. When we're talking about conflict, we get to the root of those weeds. So that's what I mean by surface and deep. I'm just giving a brief explanation to listeners. But I've been on this train of thought that I'm I'm not sure. I think there's something to it. I'm just can't quite dissect it properly. But when we think about being surface-minded or transactional, right? where life's a transaction. It's cer- it's a necessary thing in life. We have to go through transaction. We have to care about what's on the surface. So I'm not saying that those are bad things. But there's a big part of me that believes that those elements of life, the transaction of life, the the surface parts of our life, they're the things that demand kind of order and and organization and, you know, a to B, A to Z sort of a thing, or one plus one equals two kind of, you know, it it demands this sort of structure to life mm-hmm. where, it, you know, I'm going to set a goal and, and I have X amount of time to get, get it and, you know, and that we have to have this sort of sense making, this framework to make up our life for something as simple as a goal to to maybe just how we structure and organize our time and our life versus 
the transformational type and the the deep minded and I hope you're still tracking here you you said a minute ago you can't control it so there's a sense of you have to let go of control you have to let go of the reins a little bit and the transformational self this deep self I think that all of us have it doesn't require a structure or an order or you know this has to equal this for things to work out it just it's kind of transcends all of that it's above all of that so there doesn't have to be certain things that fall into place for a relationship to get to a certain point. Transformation doesn't need any of those things. It just is and it just happens. And it happens when we create the right conditions for it to happen. And, and it's usually an amazing thing when we experience transformation in our life. It's yeah. something we never forget. It kind of transcends even time. You know, it's like time kind of stops in those moments and you don't even care about what's come, what's going to happen next in your life. I mean, think about even some of the moments we've had this year or the moments in your life. It could be moments you had on that cross-country trip or moments in, in your relationships where time itself just kind of stops and transformation's there yeah. and you don't need any of that other stuff. Right. Am I making sense? I, no, yeah. And and I, I think because, you know, in the groundwork analogy, it's the soil. I mean, you can, you can, you can put a seed in the ground and, and get you know, a farmer can get something out of it one year, right? Mm -hmm. But unless he takes care of over the long term that soil and, and, and nourishes that soil and, you know, he's going to get different crops out of that mm -hmm. soil because of the things. And we've learned that the hard way, you know, in different places in our history where we didn't take care of physical soil, right? Yeah. You know, the Dust Bowl or whatever. Yeah. But I think those are those are the types of things that the, the transactional... Um, I mean, if you if you've got transformational relationships, your transaction your transactions are going to be better, and they're going to come mm. easier. You're not going to have to sweat as much, or work as hard, or pound your fist on the table to get those things done because people will be loving what they're doing. And you you mentioned you mentioned oh, I I forgot what I was going to say. You you were talking about a transaction in my journey around the United States and I'm thinking there was something that Yeah, transformation. I'm sure that you had kind of transformation some transformational moments in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and yeah, but not then I wasn't I wasn't thinking about relationships like yeah. I do today, uh -huh. right? And I I think that's what the difference is is you mature and you you realize how important those relationships are. You know, I I, I'm blessed from that standpoint to to be able to to have the, the knowledge of how important that is, right? Yeah. So I I don't know I, I I know that you can put a seed in the ground and get something. Yeah. Right. But but when you really take care of that soil, you really take care of it. You're going to get it long term. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the that's what I'm hearing you say is the the ground the soil work yeah, the lasting. relationships yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Oftentimes we, probably most times, we don't have the words to describe these moments in our life in the moment. They always yeah. come after. Yeah. You know, like you said, things that happened to you all those years ago on, on that trip, you didn't have the words to describe what it kind of meant to you or why it was so important to you in the moment, but you do now. Same Same thing. I mean, this is a piece of storytelling that I share with my students is you know, oftentimes some of the stories that happened years ago 
are told we tell them the best because we've had so long to really understand and, and analyze what happened to us and to describe it. And we've learned more and more so we have better, can better use the, the language to, to do it as our language. You know, the English language is a limiting, limiting one. I was just talking about this with Anthony, actually, not too long ago of how limiting English is because there's so many things that we feel in a moment, but we can only ex- describe it through the language the that words. we have, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like that's how it is in these moments, these transformational moments. How do you describe these things? And so we resort to the transaction because at least we can describe it, right? Yeah. I don't know if you want me to go out there, but th- this transformational experience on that trip, right? I'll never forget because I lived close to Disneyland. I was born and raised in Southern California. My favorite attraction at Disneyland, I had the album, was Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, right? Just to study him and to to know what he did, just mm-hmm. you know, by word, history, right? And I get to Washington, D.C. like at 1230 at night. And at that time, you could drive up pretty much to the Lincoln Memorial, yeah. you know, and park this van that said, blah, 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 nobody rides for free. And we had long hair and beards, you know? And I walked up the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and I just wept. I just, I, I mean, I just broke down because it was now, you know, the, this was Washington, D.C. This was our country yeah. that this guy kept united and not divided, right? It was one of those moments in my life on that trip that I just went, I, I need to serve someday. I was never in the military, but it was just like, okay, I got to serve someday to our country somehow some way and and my parents brought me up that way but it was one of those moments chris that on that trip it was probably the most emotional transformational moment that said okay all these things that i've read about this guy and here it is and there's the gettysburg address you know up yeah on one wall and it was it was amazing my first trip to washington dc when i was 21 years old yeah. and every time i go back i i still go up those steps and go into that memorial but i i don't have the same yeah you know it's just a reminder yeah, those are defining moments yeah. for all of us. I mean, those are those are kind of you know, why moments, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they those are moments that that give us a lot of our purpose and our why. I mean, you just you just shared that that was one of those moments that kind of gave you a key piece of of your why. Yeah. And I think all of us, you know, are going those moments are going to come in different shapes and sizes. Some of them are going to be, you know, amazing, fill us with tears. Some are going to be really hard. It might be a really difficult, challenging moment, but those contribute to to our purpose and our why. Um, and so, you know, what I've been really taking away from this whole conversation is, and I've already mentioned it, is that there's no end to this. And you, you said this from the beginning, you know, when I said you didn't really need any leadership development. What I meant was you've served in many leadership capacities. You could be teaching the class, right? But you are of the mentality of a true leader, in my opinion, where you know that there's always growth. There's always something you can learn, which I think is amazing because not everybody's that way. What I, what I, the biggest takeaway I'm having right now is that our why never ends and there's always going to be growth to it. And there's always going to be a way that informs everything that we do if we're intentional about Mm -hmm. it. And we can never be intentional enough. You know, we're not, it's not going to lead us astray if we're trying to be more overly intentional about our why. I think that will only lead to good things. I I only think that that's actually really hard to do. It's right. are so many demands on us every day that it's hard to be intentional about our why every moment of the day. But I found that the days that I do that, 
are my better days, yeah. even when I face, you know, some of the, the biggest challenges and the days that I kind of put it to the side and, and leave it. And Well, this is the priority day, so I got to face this. That's when I, at least I personally don't feel the same. And I don't think that outcomes are the same either. So with our last couple minutes, I mean, what would you, what would you say to wrap up the, the conversation about everything we've, we've touched on? What is well, you just said it never ends, right? I mean, that that's the key. And I just want to say thank you to you, to Larry and Mountain West for offering this, right? And I, I'm excited to see, you know, I don't know how many, 24 new people or 22 new people come into the class. 26. 26 next year. Next year. Yeah. Oh, good. And and I, I'm excited to be able to continue on, yeah. right? And being having a purpose and being intentional about that purpose. And like you just said, you know, you wake up some morning and you go, oh, I just want to go play golf today. I don't want to do or think about anything or anybody, right? Or I, whatever your thing is. But we all need that downtime. Mm-hmm. We all need the, the breakaway. But to be able to remind myself over and over again, saying, okay, is this, is this am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing because yeah. of how I'm created? And, you know, that's, that is a constant, constant challenge to each mm-hmm. one of us to, to stay in our lane and to be doing what we're created to do. I mean, and we've all got a number one on our forehead. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And helping helping everybody discover that number one to be the best they can be is is really a challenge, right? And and, and it's the most important thing, in my opinion, it's the most important thing we can think about. And you look at the world today, and if we had a lot more of that, we'd be better off. Yeah. Yeah, if, our, if your why is too easy, then it's it's not good enough. Yeah. All right. If our why is too easy, it's not good enough. We gotta we gotta expand it, think deeper. Well, Kevin, this has been fun just engaging in this conversation. It's clear that I know you've had a a great experience this this last year, and that you'll be a great alumni in years to come to continue to contribute to future cohorts. And ultimately, the the big goal for us is is what we can do in our community right. together. Right. And I know you'll be continue to be a part of that. So appreciate your time today and your commitment the, the entire year and, and in coming years. Yeah, thank thank you. you, Chris. Yes. Yeah. Honor to be here with you. Awesome. Yeah. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Until next time, be safe.